We're talking about, uh, let's see. Detention? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are we on detention? Dreamwars and Scream, I am right? so excited to watch that with you guys. I'm going to say, I really enjoyed both of these movies, but I've also seen both of them before several times. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this time was a little bit different because I got to watch them with my daughter. So oh, that was fun. fun. Yeah, we did have a lot of fun. So which one should we talk about first? Let's talk about Dream Warriors first since that one came out first. All right. And who is reading the synopsis for that? It's you, boo. Shit. Okay. And here goes. In 1987, a year after the events of the previous film, teenager Kristen Parker dreams Freddy Krueger is chasing her. He attacks her in her bathroom after she thinks she already awoke making it look like she slit her wrists in the real world. Believing Kristen to be suicidal, her mother admits her to Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital, where she is placed under the care of Dr. Neil Gordon. I'm Dr. Gordon. I'm not going to hurt you. I want to help you. At the hospital, Kristen fights the orderlies who try to sedate her because she fears falling asleep. The new intern therapist, Nancy Thompson, calms her down and befriends her by reciting part of Freddy's nursery rhyme, which is... One, two, two three. No, I it's, don't know. It's so close. <laughs> the new intern therapist, Nancy Thompson, calms her down and befriends her by reciting part of Freddie's nursery rhyme. Nancy is introduced to the rest of Dr. Gordon's patients. Philip, a habitual sleepwalker. Kincaid, a tough kid from the streets who is prone to violence. Jennifer, a hopeful television actress prone to cigarette burns. Will, who uses a wheelchair due to a prior suicidal attempt, and Taryn, a recovering drug addict, and Joey, the youngest, who is too traumatized to speak. One night, Freddy attacks Kristen in her dreams, but she unwittingly pulls Nancy into her dream, allowing them to escape. Kristen reveals that she has been able to pull people into her dreams since she was young. Have you ever done that before? Pull someone into your dream? When I was a little girl, like four or five, if I had a nightmare, I'd always bring my dad in. Over the next two nights, Freddy throws Philip off a roof. <laughs> and kills Jennifer by smashing her head into a television. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. In their next group session, Nancy reveals to the remaining patients that they are the last of the Elm Street kids. The surviving children of those who banded together and burned Kruger to death many years ago. Both Nancy and Neil encourage them to try group hypnosis so that they can experience a shared dream and discover their dream powers. In the dream, Joey wanders off and is captured by Freddy, leaving him comatose in the real world. Nancy and Neil are relieved of duty. This session was unauthorized. It was purposely conducted without my knowledge. Unusual steps were called for, Dr. Carver. Is that what I should tell that young man's parents? A nun, Sister Mary Helena, 
tells Neil that Freddie is the son of a young woman on the hospital staff who was accidentally locked in a room with hundreds of mental patients who raped her continually, and that the only way to stop him is to lay his bones to rest. He and Nancy ask her father, Officer Donald Thompson, where the bones are hidden, but he is uncooperative. I think we can stop him this time, stop him for good. But we need to know where his bones were hidden. I've lost too much over this already. People are still dying after all this time. Stop running away from it. Nancy rushes back to the hospital when she learns that Kristen has been sedated. Neil stays behind to convince Donald to help them. Nancy and the others engage in group hypnosis to reunite with Kristen, but are all separated by Freddy. Taryn and Will are killed by Freddy while Kristen, Nancy, and Kincaid find one another. The trio rescue Joey but are unable to defeat Freddy because he has become too powerful due to the souls he has absorbed. <laughs> yes, sir. The souls of the children. Give me strength. Sensing that his remains have been found, Freddy appropriates his own skeleton and kills Donald before incapacitating Neil. Freddy returns to attack the others, but Joey uses his dream power voice to repel him. Donald, Nancy's father, tells her that he is crossing over, but he is revealed to be Freddy and stabs Nancy in the stomach. Freddy, believing Nancy is dead, comes upon Kristen in order to kill her, but a still very much alive Nancy stabs him with his own glove. Now, Neil manages to recover and purifies Freddy's bones, killing him. After Nancy dies, Kristen manages to awaken everyone and return to the real world. During the patient's funeral, Neil finds Amanda Kruger's tombstone and discovers she is Sister Mary Helena. That evening, he goes to sleep with the Malaysian doll Nancy gave him and Kristen's papier-mâché house nearby. And suddenly, Kristen's house lights up from the inside, suggesting that Freddy is not completely defeated. Wow, so, that was so good. Thank you. Nailed thank it. you. Oh, I, I wish I could read as well as you. I feel like I'm getting pretty good at that. That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. First, thank you. Uh, first and foremost, I feel like we should address um, the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is Larry Fishborn. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and I, I am an <laughs> elephant named Larry. I, I pointed him out to my daughter and I said, do you recognize him? And she said, no. And so I kicked her out of so the house. So she's not the one. Well, so what? she no longer lives with us for the rest well, of her life. What would she have seen him in? She the Matrix. Okay. She's, she's seen the Matrix movies, but she was not an avid Pee Wee's Playhouse watcher <laughs> like I was. And I assume you were. Yes. <laughs> Pee Wee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the first thing that struck me too, though, mm-hmm. was seeing that because uh, I'm just like Larry. What? Yeah, because he, he has the-, the same reaction. I went, I'm sorry, who? Right, because he <laughs> did has he not this- have a SAG card yet. I don't know. He has this long, beautiful name, Lawrence Fishburne. It sounds yep. very, you know, proper. And yeah, then he's he Larry. had a crap agent for this Apparently. movie. <laughs> yeah. 
No, Lawrence, it's too hard. It's Let's like, give you a Larry. It's like I want to make People it sound super People see that super W cash. and don't really know what to do with it. They call Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I think your pants are hot, Lawrence. I like you a lot. Lawrence, Is I that like how it goes? Yeah. What What do you guys have for notes on this movie? Well, I remember. So this is the first time I have seen this movie. And as the credits were rolling, I was texting you guys alternate titles for this week's <laughs> matchup, such as the Arquette off, because yes. mm-hmm. siblings Patricia Arquette and David Arquette are uh, key characters in both of the movies this week. And mm-hmm. does before you move on to the next one, does yeah. anyone have any votes as to which is the better actor? I hate Patricia Arquette. <laughs> Whoa, hate is a strong word. Sorry. Bold. I would, I'm sure she's a nice person. Well, we I do not don't enjoy watching her act. Okay. I find her very whiny in her delivery, and it is not enjoyable for me. I will say this is the only thing I have seen her in, mm. and so I would also probably have to vote for uh, her brother David, David yeah. was it was Rosanna the one that was in the whole nine yards which Arquette was it that was in the whole nine yards oh I think that is Rosanna is right? that cute oh. if only we had powerful devices yeah I, I could look it up but if only we all had computers but no it's fine I, th- I think David probably suits his film better than uh, Patricia suits as doing in this case yeah yeah uh, because he, you know, I mean, we'll get into that later, but I think he just sort of provides a certain element that is mm, kind of necessary to that. Whereas she is taking on this role of trying to follow up. Uh, I mean, it, I think they kind of make it obvious at the beginning that she's supposed to be the final girl of this, yeah. of this film. So she's got, she's got big shoes to fill, obviously, because Nancy is probably set the bar pretty high in the original film. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I would recommend doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original nightmare. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, I guess it's a tough part, but she doesn't really blow me away. And I think, uh, well, I don't know. What do you got? What's your insight on there, that? Well, I, and I think I said this to you before in regards to this movie. Yeah. But I feel like as soon as Nancy shows up, right. she becomes the main yes. character again because everyone knows her from the original movie. Right. And she just kind of takes over, even though Patricia's in it more. Yeah, I, I think, but she's uh, almost Patricia's almost the gateway to into into yeah. the, into this uh, yeah. like mental institution where where all of the kids are. And then once we're there, yes, it's like you said. And, yeah, the then it's the Nancy shift show to Nancy, right? And yeah. I will say, um, well, okay, I'll save that for later. But what I do <laughs> like again with the whole David Arquette. He is also in another teen movie that we are not watching for this, but never been kissed. Mm. And I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Not, we decided it wasn't because the two ma- the main romances Drew between Barrymore, right? non-teenagers. I remember yes. the yes. poster. Paul Rudd in that movie? I don't, I don't think is he? so. Who am I thinking of? Echo. Okay. Is Paul Rudd in Never Been Kissed? No. <laughs> don't believe me but fine. Like, fair enough <laughs> Echo's Wrong. like no how about you stop asking me stupid fucking questions <laughs> idiot um, but I will say it was it's fun to see him be such like th- it feels like similar characters because it's like the dippy brother but it is expressed in different ways in my opinion in yeah. those two meetings so it's fun to see an actor take on roles that on the surface could seem 
or could have been played probably pretty similarly, but adds nuance to both of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So are there any other uh, actors or characters that stand out in Dream Warriors? Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I had, like for it being an ensemble, like I feel like it was the Nancy show and her like minions. I know they weren't her minions, but like, right. I, I don't yeah. know any of their names, but you're not I feel, far off. And the, the only one that I would say was Kincaid. He was mm-hmm. the main one that stuck mm-hmm. out. To yeah. Me. And I he had was a great character. <laughs> he was. I, was try- uh, well, I, he, I know that he, I know that he was taking himself yeah. seriously, but I love the I wrote it down here. But don't by- worry, you won't be seeing him a lot because he'll be in the quiet room <laughs> uh, towards the end of the <laughs> towards the end of the movie uh, when he said. Let's go kick the motherfucker's ass all over dreamland. That was my favorite <laughs> quote from him. Mm-hmm. Well, at a certain point, I was listening to him say so many things. And because I was taking notes, I was like, I should start writing some of these down. And that was the one that I was yeah. left with. That's pretty good one. One of the best. Yeah, he, he is kind of a standout, I think, amongst some of those others. But I just feel like there's a there's an ensemble here and we don't ever get to flesh out a lot of these characters yeah. and their mm-hmm. backgrounds and who they are other than maybe just a few details about them. Like right. we get a few things, but then, you know, before we know it, some of them are gone. Uh, so that's, I guess, kind of disappointing. And like you said, I don't remember a lot of their names. No, like, and I couldn't tell you who they are. I don't want to compare the two <clears throat> movies too much because I want to give each their own time. But like with Scream, also an ensemble movie, but maybe it's because they kept the uh, the like the core ensemble smaller like the core ensemble you could say is the group of five friends yeah and so i don't know if them having seven or eight or however many they had was just <laughs> that's how bad it is we don't know how many i know <laughs> like much. is that too many for you because like even with in scream with that core of five you still remember the bigger characters on the outside of that yeah right but like every character gets yeah well, and finds just, a way to distinguish themselves a little bit more. I felt like a lot of the characters didn't get enough time. Agreed. Like the one, the sleepwalker, mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Yeah. No. He had a phenomenal death. Oh it was God. very gross, yeah. but I... That one's hard to watch. Did yeah, not really. care <laughs> yeah. that yeah. he was dying. That's just it, yeah. Like, they just sped through it. And yeah. so besides the fact that they are all, like, we feel bad for these teens that can't do, like, can't, um, I feel kind of like that, the stupid female doctor who was just like, they're all just, what did she always say? She was like, you all just have bad attitudes. Like, yeah, that's why you yeah, guys are it, suffering. It was a really dismissive, you know? Like, I didn't she, mean to say yeah. she was a bad because she's a female doctor. That's what my doctor says to me, I was actually. trying to, like, they kind of pit it between, oh, like, this good. old lady doctor and then this new guy and then this yeah. new intern lady. Yeah, she, the old lady doctor kind of sucked, I have to say. Uh, she, I thought... I don't not, think she cool. believed in um, mental health issues. Agreed. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Which is not great for her career choice. Which was also not probably too uncommon uh-huh. for That's the time. True. Probably true. not. No. I mean, there was a big difference, you know, as far as mental health is concerned, there was a big difference from even when I was in high school to mm-hmm. when my brother, who's 10 years younger than me, was in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was just classified as an idiot 
And then when he was in high school, they're like, oh, you should take these meds. This will help you. Yeah. But there was nothing like that when I was yeah. in high school. I, yeah. And once again, this is another character whose name I do not remember. I don't remember her name, but I feel like if she was left to her own devices, she would have just ordered up like 10 lobotomies, you know, and been mm. like, hey, we're yeah. good. Oh, the 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 doctor. The lady, lady doctor. Yeah. 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 But while, Agreed. She probably would. Like, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. But while Problem we're talking, solved. while we're talking about doctors, let's Ugh. talk about Neil sucks. Neil, <laughs> uh, aka Bill Maher. Don't bring in <laughs> as I a him. new woman. Oh my god! Yeah, I told these Unless guys she's pretty, and it's, now I it's love all her. in the nose and the eyes. Yeah, I told these guys that like I thought him. that uh, Neil. Uh, sort of look like Bill Maher uh, crossed with, if you've seen Tron Legacy, crossed with the CGI Jeff Bridges from <laughs> Tron Legacy. So, Which I think uh, just uh, that like, was pretty, that to was how pretty forgettable this yeah, actor is. Like, yeah. He sucks. Um, well, I, I feel he like... He didn't even do anything wrong. They're, they're trying to make him, I just didn't like yeah, him. They're trying to make him a good guy in this, in this movie, yeah. but I, I feel like... I don't know if he's a terrible person, but I feel like he's just really, he's totally misguided. Did you just say something like to the extent that you just hate his face or something <laughs> like, I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but I thought you said something like that. I don't remember. I just, I, I don't. Jamie, Jamie was live tweeting us. I was, yes, I was mm-hmm. live texting them while I was watching this because I was getting, because first off, like I know that Sam and Lance had seen the movie in general before. Yeah. Um, and I think Veronica had watched it a couple hours before I had. Yes. So I was just like, here are my thoughts on this. <laughs> and I was not appreciating Neil. Like, okay, I don't love unnecessary loves, like love C plots. Oh, yes. Like, yes. Unless Jamie girl, hates love. Girl, same. A little bit. Um, unless it like, unless there's like a genuine reason for it. And I will accept lots of arguments for that, but there is no reason for them to even pretend with to have this love story, like love plot in there, because it's never really flushed out. Like you don't really even know if it's like just enough to make you think that something's going on, but not enough to be confirmed. So like completely unnecessary. Yes, there's no reason that this needed to be there, and so that's why I'm like, don't even include it. Like. Well, everything that happens between the two of them would have happened in a professional setting. Exactly. Like, yes. They are they're researching and gathering further information for their patients. There's no need for them to do that and also like Google eyes at each other. Well, right. And well, and be having it at like uh, what's supposed to be a, 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 a like a romantic the, dinner yes. or a restaurant where they're drinking wine together. Like it didn't need. Like didn't maybe need the wine to go helps there. them to really think. Things is the through. only reason they do that <laughs> is know. so he has better reason to stick up for her and be with her father at the end. I, like that's I the guess. only reason I can think of yeah. why they put this in here. And then at that point, like she doesn't need you to save her, dummy. Like. <laughs> no get sorted neil yeah it, it, it was yeah that that was definitely another thing that one didn't get fleshed out and two was just completely unnecessary yeah. like veronica like, said i don't uh, mind it if there's a reason for it mm-hmm. like i do often roll my eyes when of course here's another show that they've shoehorned a love story and fine whatever yeah but have a reason for it please and thank you yeah hey we have thank you cookies. thank you Oh, I'm gonna eat this. Yeah. These look amazing. We've um, been, did uh, your wife make these? To the, uh, yes, and with the help of some other children in the house. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> little elves. Make sure you brush your teeth before kissing your partner. 
Mm-hmm. Kiss your partner oh. around and round. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, peanut it's butter. Fine. It's not mm-hmm. as weird as it His sounds. His partner, not all partners. <laughs> His partner. Um, so, so while I was gone, you were so talking confused. about the dad? No, well, we were talking about Neil and how he's not necessary. Well, just how the romance, Their romance thing that they tried necessary. to introduce was kind of unnecessary. Right. Well, really. oh, yeah, because I read online that, and I forget the exact quote, but Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy said that they actually did film a scene where they had this like hot and heavy kiss, mm-hmm. but then they left it out of the movie, which I mean, it's probably for the best, but okay. it did seem like the chase was kind of implied. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a person that um, edits podcasts, I don't know why I gave you guys cookies. Yeah, I thought that mm-hmm. was an interesting choice, but especially okay. peanut butter cookies. <laughs> I have a question for horror mu- movie viewers in this room. Hmm. Are all horror movies this loud? Because there was so much screaming and it was like, like that was... right off the bat. I felt like I almost needed to turn it off because it was too loud. Maybe. For, and I was watching it at work and I was thinking it was too loud for everybody else in the office, which is one other person. But what about but what about comparatively to Scream? Did I you find that one like, to be loud? I didn't okay. feel like it was as loud. Well, maybe they're jumping into it. But granted, Scream at the beginning has the scene with Barrymore, which we'll get into. But maybe in this, they feel like they don't have to waste as much time. Because as we kind of explained earlier... There's really no character development. Yeah, I they just jump right the fuck just, in. Yeah, I think this, they this jump from attack rushed. to attack to attack yeah. to yeah. attack. Yeah, it, so it, it's rushed, and it, I feel like Scream takes a little more time, you know, because it's almost like I don't know how to not rush it. What would you do? Follow each kid like to get to see a little bit of their story, or maybe it would almost need to be like flashbacks to what it is that happened to them that got them into. Yeah, like it could have been a flashback during group. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, um, but yeah, that is a good point that I didn't really think about that. Maybe that is why we don't get as much development is because we're just kind of focused on watching them overcome all of these attacks rather than learn mm-hmm. about them. But about the attacks, like, and you sort of touched on it, Veronica, when you were talking about uh, um, the sleepwalking kid, uh, like right off the bat with that, I thought the special effects in this movie for the time were were really good. I do I mean, really. Yeah. I thought they were excellent. Enjoy and the still effects creepy in this movie. And like this was before CGI, gross. so like some yeah. of the stuff they do was really impressive. It was especially awesome. the yeah. mirrors at the very oh. end. That was done with mylar. Oh, really? Because they didn't have computers to be able to simulate right. that go yeah. on i don't quite know what you mean by that how did how did they use mylar for that i don't know the answer what well what is what is mylar i don't i don't know what that is anyone bueller and it like plastic is the stuff that balloons are made out of yeah like oh mylar metal but it's like but it's like hard I don't think it. Sorry, I keep on doing this with my fingers because I think I'm, it's more. I'm doing the same thing. I think it's more flexible than that. Oh, okay. I think it has like some shiny. give to so it. So did they actually like jump through that like broken pieces? So. Okay, that's cool. That's my understanding. Not having worked on the movie. Word. And I also like I. This is one of the grossest deaths, but I do love this introduction. Introduction of Freddy. Is when he kills the kid that died via marionette. Because mm-hmm. this kid, he builds these like puppets that just then hang on his wall. 
and he falls asleep and then eventually Freddy just starts to come out of one of his puppets and at first he's just a puppet and then he gets bigger. I don't know. I just really think it's fun finding the Freddy face mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because at first, like this whole, the whole movie, you ne- you're never quite sure when you're in a dream, when you're not. Yeah. So you always like, even when everyone's awake, you're just kind of on the lookout, be like, is Freddy going to come out of this wall or something? Yeah. So that's really fun. Was it both of you that this is the first nightmare movie you've yeah. seen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, First and only. So then it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that it's the first one that you've seen because you don't really understand Freddy's backstory. Correct. Well, I knew enough about it that I think I I Yeah. I got it as we were watching yeah. it. Okay. Well, there you go. She did. I had no idea. And also for me, um spoiler alert from this movie from the 80s, uh Nancy's death probably didn't have the impact to me right. that it would have had I followed her journey as far. Yeah. Right. Like, I know she was a survivor and then she ultimately dies, and that is like that enough has pathos to it. Yeah. But um, I think there would have been more had I seen her full journey, not yeah. the last chapter. So journey. we don't, well, so we don't actually see Heather Langenkamp again until New Nightmare. Right. Is that right? That's the next one she comes back for. So That's I, cr- I, for some reason, I thought that she was in more. Yeah. But, unless unless yeah. they have flashbacks in some of the middle middle films in between three and New Nightmare. I'm not sure. I can't. Yeah, I'm I don't not really sure. recall. But, but um, well, anyway, just to wrap up what I, I said, I thought about the effects. Like, I, I love the idea of people working together like in a Mm -hmm. studio somewhere creating all of this stuff and like making it i just think that the idea of that is so awesome as opposed to someone just sitting there clicking and you know like creating it that way um i I love behind the scenes stuff like that especially with like all the old 80s movies where they actually had to physically make things like this it's fascinating to me it feels more theatrical that way because like that's what we would have to do if we were making this yeah Right, right Yeah, and and we should watch. Uh, I have a, a documentary about all of these films and kind of behind the scenes stuff on how they're made. So we should all get together and actually watch that. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that I might really want to watch that. Yeah. I do want to share this real quick though about the CGI. Um, did you know that there are some companies that work with autistic adults and they help create the CGI for various films? Nope. Hmm. The only reason I, I know about this did not know that. is because my nephew is trying to get into the school so then he can go to work for these people. But yeah, like Marvel has used this school. Like, I don't know nice. to call it a school or a studio. I'm very, I need to pay more attention. But yeah, they they do like some of the, some of the effects mm-hmm. they have this, these people help with. And I do like that opens the door for neurodiverse people mm-hmm. to be in an environment that they might not have been able to be in before. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. But I do agree with you that practical, I love seeing practical effects in movies. Yeah. Like it, whenever they, some people do take the route of practical effect, effects. I just, I love it. I love mm-hmm. seeing the practical effects. So yeah. I'm a diehard for those, like, but I get it. Like, <laughs> I get why you need the, uh, both. But like the melting tricycle. Yes. When she so fall, cool. Right. When Nancy I do want to do they show how they do that? The melting tricycle in the documentary. I, I was curious so long, about that one. The one when she fall, when Nancy falls through the chair. Like that yeah. is very crazy. Like, yes. 
Uh, the tendon thing on that first death yeah. is uh. it's creepy to watch, but it's incredible. Um, what about those the drug use holes? Where they're like yeah, opening that was, clothes. Yes. Oh my God. Disgusting, right? Which also, Very. that orderly can just jump off a bridge. He yeah. sucks. Which one? The oh, orderly that yeah. he he cornered the girl that was the um, the oh, yes. druggie, yes. the recovering okay. drug addict. And right. he's just like, do you want to go do drugs with me? And she's like, no, I'm trying to stay clean and like work <laughs> you the know program. Where I am? Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and she's just like, I'm going to tell the director, probably the lady doctor. Uh, about you he's like who are they gonna believe you or like a and then do you even see that dude again no but you but did- didn't we determine that was a dream oh was it no 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 i didn't think we just that part wasn't a dream i thought that was the beginning of the dream no oh. the other orderly was part of the dream see that's the thing that's, and yeah, i know where that there's, do a, they fall there's a cookie in my I mouth thought but <laughs> that happened a few scenes before group and so i didn't think that oh, that I was that was part of group no that's the I other orderly a lot of attention the other orderly that is stripping for that boy that's part of the dream oh one of my favorite parts but i the, the only reason wait was there nudity in this movie just just enough i bet you can guess what gender <laughs> the nudity I didn't was see any dicks yeah. <laughs> we didn't get to see larry fishburn's ass that's all i'm saying that's um, in peewee's playhouse yeah <laughs> wait a minute you watched a different show than i did it was ashless chaps but yeah so that orderly sucked but i did like how in this movie when that girl said in her dreams she is beautiful instead of going the breakfast club route nope mm-hmm. yeah breakfast club yep, and make school. her look like a sunday school teacher <laughs> Uh, she was like instead like this punk rocker almost mm-hmm. and like totally not what 99% of people would say looks beautiful. I thought that was a very fun choice and I appreciated yes. it. Yeah, that yeah. was good. That's the thing going back to the is it a dream? Is it not a, it's a dream thing? It's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but once like after you watch the first movie and we should like very briefly talk about the the first movie and, and Freddie's story as well, but as soon as you see someone starting to nod off, it's almost like you should almost assume that it's a dream. But but some of the things, even in this movie, as over the top as some as some of it gets, it's you still question whether or not, which I guess means that they're doing a good job yeah. with it. Uh, but Freddie, they actually ended up needing to uh, and help me out with this part, Sam. But they I believe they actually because of something that had happened at the time in the 80s, they had to like dull down his backstory because the thing is, is that not only was he killing kids, but he was like, I think sexually assaulting. Basically like a pedophile. Yeah. I think he was considered. And, but they, they, although that is still like kind of a part of the lore and his story there, which they kind of, get a little bit more into when they tried to reboot the franchise that did not go well. Thank goodness. It was a little, I don't know. It was weird, but I don't know. Some characters are just, I think too identified with certain actors that you can't, it's like having another captain Jack Sparrow as somebody else. It just, it wouldn't make sense. And um, so that, but they, because of some things that had happened, like almost right before the movie had come out, they decided to not go with that story and just make it that gotcha. he was, 
you know, just killing. Just, yeah, abducting yeah. and killing. Yeah. As opposed to, yes, anything uh, else uh, because Because happening. they just wanted people to see their movie. Sure. <laughs> as yeah. opposed to it because being too it's real. it's prime time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, but, I, that, but what that you was talk, the main thing. But what you talked about is, yeah. is I think one of the best elements about these movies mm-hmm. is the way that they can always uh, veer in and out of this. Like, is it a dream? Is it not? I mean, that's yeah. always one of the best things that they can play with throughout the entire series mm-hmm. of films. Uh, that just keeps you guessing the whole time and, and just really fucks with your head as, mm-hmm. if you're trying to follow along in the movie. So just a really cool element with those. And Freddie, like <clears throat> he like evolves over time as well. And I, I'm guessing it has to do with Robert England, like getting more comfortable. May you could speak to this more Sam, but, but for those of you who haven't seen any of the previous movies, especially the first one, he is like a much more serious terrorizer in, in the first one. Whereas now as the movies go on, he, he kind of settles into, the one-liners right. and it's <laughs> and, fun and, at and least. No, it's totally fun yeah. but the the first movie was definitely more because i mean their inspiration would have been probably like the mike myers movies you know the halloween movies and and so they they were focusing more on the the scary michael part. myers so yeah, Mike, I apologize. I went to school with Mike Myers, so... Wait, you went to school with somebody named Mike? Uh, Mike Myers, yeah. Weird. He's not one of them that I talk to regularly, though. He's an extra. Yeah. An extra Mike. An extra Mike. We could use yeah. a few extra Mikes. I, I think by this point, and I, I think Veronica maybe knows a little about this, but I think it, by this point, Robert Englund was starting to, to really feel himself in this role and was yeah. basically like, look... I'm Freddie. So if they're going to have Freddie in a movie, they're going to have to get me. And he was like thinking that nobody else could really play it. So I think he started to feel like he could be mm, a little particular about or a little more precious about the things that Freddie would say. Mm -hmm. And I think it became more so even as it went along uh, in in the series. Do you do you happen to know if they did a lot of like sticking to the script or like does he did he come up with some of Freddy's stuff or I did read that the welcome to primetime bitch was an ad lib. He said the it's original line probably a few times, one of the best lines in the whole franchise. In one of the takes he went with that and then they cut them together. It's yeah. perfect. Well, it's I mean, yeah, it's definitely one of the most re- like remembered, you know, yeah. for sure. And and, and he kind of just starts to do that uh, a lot more later on in the series, too. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, I guess final notes about this one. Um, I'm not sure where you guys are at on it, but the uh, the skeleton at the end, the Freddy <laughs> oh skeleton, that was, uh, <laughs> was I, I put a note here that says it says, what the fuck, Spartacus much? And it just reminded me of very old like effects from from movies. But uh, I didn't. It it was weird that Freddy could like in, inhabit his own skeleton. Yeah, like it was yeah. like the opposite of everything that I've been led to believe in these movies. But it made for a cool moment, and I don't know how else it could have gone except for like you know Freddy just going out with a whimper. Yeah, because otherwise he would have had no no idea what was happening. Unless. Inle- 
what you the only other way I think you could have done it is if the dad would have fallen asleep in the truck because he didn't want to be there. Oh yeah, and Freddie yeah. like kind of take over him That's through true. that. But um, since I was new to this, I didn't re like I didn't know enough. For me, it was just like, why is he all of a sudden mm-hmm. in the real world? But I'm yeah. like, I guess it is his body. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, the The last thing that I had about this movie was it just says, uh, "What a shit way for Nancy to go." I agree. Considering how big of a character that she was, and I, they brought her back, and it was like, "Okay, bye." I will say though, I was I thought it was really weird, but I was happier with that ending than the false ending of mm-hmm. Joey finally talking and everything being fine and dandy. I believe I talked texted you guys all and i was very upset when i thought that that was the ending to the movie because i was just like i remember that it was a little too clean and i did not (laughs) like it so although it felt i was very surprised that she died so i guess kudos to them because i was surprised at the end yeah uh, anybody else? Final notes on uh, Dream Warriors before we get into another um, similar movie? I don't Dream think so. I um, hate horror movies, but this one was very, very fun. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. I am glad you picked it. Thank you. Uh, I'm here to help. <laughs> it's it is a very rewatchable movie. Like this is a fun. This is like uh, this is like great eighties horror. Like mm-hmm. perfect. Like right in my wheelhouse for the kind of fun stuff that I like. It's not too gory. It's got yeah great special effects. Um, yeah, it was just fun. Just yeah. a fun movie. It's fun. It didn't. <clears throat> what's nice with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies is that each one, up until like uh, yeah, New Nightmare. Each one took itself less seriously, but almost to a point where they began turning into parodies of themselves, Yeah, which, eh, you know, it could go back and forth on. But anyway, well, let's talk about Scream for a little bit. Who is reading the synopsis? That's Jamie. Yep, that's me. It's my movie. High school student Casey Becker is home alone when she receives a phone call from an unknown person, during which they discuss horror films. The caller turns sadistic, refusing to leave Casey alone and threatening her life. He reveals that her boyfriend Steve is bound and gagged outside on her patio and demands she answers questions about horror films if she wants to live. I ask a question. If you get it right, Steve lives. Please don't do this. Come on, it'll be fun. Please. It's an easy category. Movie trivia. I'll even give you a warm-up question. Don't do this, I can't. After Casey answers a question about Friday the 13th incorrectly, Steve is murdered in front of her. I'm sorry. That's the wrong answer. (laughs) You know, you can grab clips from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) But that was pretty spot on. Casey attempts to escape, but is cornered by someone wearing a ghost face costume who kills her before her parents arrive home to find her disemboweled corpse hanging from a tree. News media descends on the town in the wake of the murders and a police investigation begins. Teenager Sydney Prescott struggles with the first anniversary of her mother Marine's rape and murder, while a news reporter, Gail Weathers, who Sydney vehemently despises, arrives among the media. Damned. Jesus, the camera, hurry! My name isn't Jesus. Sydney, is that you in there? Sydney Prescott they took away? Not talking to you. What happened to her? None of your damn business. I heard something about a costume. Is that true? 
Can you tell me anything? Yeah, you're a real pain in the ass. Leave me alone. Gail was responsible for spreading rumors and conspiracy theories about Maureen's death, insinuating that the imprisoned Cotton Weary, who was tried and convicted of Maureen's rape and murder, was not responsible for her assault and killing. That night, while waiting at home for her best friend Tatum Riley to arrive, Sydney gets a taunting phone call and is attacked by Ghostface. Do you want to die, Sydney? Your mother sure didn't. Fuck you, you creep. Sydney's boyfriend, Billy Loomis, arrives immediately after. When he drops his cell phone, Sydney suspects him of making the call and flees. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 Sydney, wait, 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 Billy is arrested and questioned, but later, at Tatum's house, Sydney receives another ominous call. The next day, Billy is released and suspicion shifts to Sydney's father, Neil Prescott, due to the ominous phone calls having been traced to his phone. Dewey, vital phone just faxed us. Those calls are listed to Neil Prescott, Sydney's father. He made the calls with a cellular phone, it's been confirmed. After school is suspended in wake of the murders, Ghostface ambushes Principal Arthur Himbury and stabs him to death. Tatum's boyfriend and Billy's best friend, Stu Mocker, throws a party to celebrate the school's closure. Gail attends, uninvited, as she expects the killer to strike again. Tatum's older brother, Deputy Sheriff Dewey Riley, also looks out for the murder at the party. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Deputy, that's okay. What brings you to these parts? Well, you just never know when or where a story will break. Not much of a story here, just a bunch of kids cutting it loose. Then what are you doing here? Just keeping an eye on things. Tatum goes out to the garage and is cornered by Ghostface, who crushes her neck with a garage door when she attempts to escape through the pet door. Many party attendees are drawn away after hearing of Himbry's death leaving only Sydney, Billy, their friend Randy Meeks, Stu, and Gail's cameraman Kenny. After having sex, Sydney and Billy are confronted by Ghostface, who stabs Billy. Oh my god. Sydney. Billy, watch out! <laughs> Sydney escapes from the house and seeks help from Kenny, but he is killed by Ghostface. Gail crashes her van while escaping, and Dewey is stabbed in the back while investigating in the house, with Sydney taking his gun for protection. Randy and Stu show up and accuse each other of being the killer. Stop right there! Don't shoot, it's me! I found Tams, he's dead! I think Stu did it! Oh, listen to him, Sydney! Stay back! Stu did it! Get killed, Billy! Shoot my Stu did it! No, I did it! Why? But Sydney retreats back into the house where she finds a wounded Billy. Fuck you both! Oh, After they let Randy inside, Sydney gives Billy the gun, who in turn shoots Randy, revealing himself to be the killer. What's the matter, Sydney? You look like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It's all part of the game, Sydney. It's called Guess How I'm Gonna Die! Fuck you! 
Billy and Stu corner Sydney in the kitchen and discuss their plans to kill her and pin the murder spree on her father, whom they have taken hostage. They also reveal that they murdered her mother and framed Cotton for it, as she was having an affair with Billy's father, which drove his mother away. Gail intervenes, enabling Sydney to escape and turn the tables on the killers, taunting them with a phone call and donning the ghost face costume before knocking Billy out and killing Stu by dropping a television set on his head. An enraged Billy awakens and attacks Sydney, but Gail shoots him. Randy, wounded but alive, remarks that the killer always resurfaces for one last scare. As Billy rises, Sydney shoots Billy in the head, finally killing him. As police arrive, Dewey, badly injured, is taken away by ambulance as Gail makes an impromptu news report about the night's events. Hi, this is Gail Weathers with an exclusive eyewitness account of this amazing breaking story. Several more local teens are dead, bringing to an end the harrowing mystery of the mass killings that has terrified this peaceful community, like the plot of some scary movie. It all began with the scream. Well, oh my gosh, Jamie, that was so well Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Only stumbled a couple times. It was a lot to say. (laughs) It's a lot of words. Lots of words. Who is starting with scream? Here's so loud. Here's my first question. Uh, when I watched this now, I've seen this movie several times, but I guess I never thought about it and focused on it until I was doing a much more critical watch this time. Was Drew Barrymore wearing a wig? Yes. Yes, she was. Okay. I mean, it looks wig like, and I know it doesn't look like her hair I've seen in other movies, but I just didn't know. So Drew Barrymore had other projects going on at the time, which is why she didn't take the role of Sydney originally, but she did insist on the marketing because she thought it would be really fun to have her be this big name that they're promoting and then die in the first five minutes this was very new for this yeah uh, but yeah she had other projects going on so she was wearing a wig that's outstanding she was just wrapping up et i feel <laughs> like it was a little bit after that <laughs> I'm, I'm but glad. she did the entire yeah. opening sequence that was filmed in five days because that's all the time that she <laughs> could give to the i'm glad that production. she was all in with being like i want to do i want to do this but i can't commit all the way on it i'm glad mm-hmm. that she was totally in on like yes teasing that, everybody that yeah. is very that is one of so the great most, yeah one of the most effective parts of the movie so mm-hmm. cool well what? and i remember watching it originally <laughs> and going what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah. well yeah nobody knew <laughs> right like, like they duped everyone. It's a real bait and but, switch. But it was still a good movie after that. Oh, yeah. So you couldn't bitch. Well, you have Matthew Lillard being oh, man. hilarious. Uh, he is unhinged in this movie. God, I, I feel they, so they just they, they just like wind him up and let him go. I will say <laughs> a lot of the casting in this movie is very well done. I feel. I'm feeling oh, yeah. woozy here. Yes. With Matthew Lillard. He's like drooling. Jamie. It's pretty great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Just the that. And then Jamie Kennedy with mm-hmm. being like the horror guru. He's like the yeah. nerd. nerd that, that knows everything. Is yeah, this his great. best movie? Jamie, Jamie Kennedy? Yes. Well, I'm, I don't know that I've seen a lot. I guess. But, but I'm, I think, yes. I'm I think saying yes because I, I can't. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I know he did the Jamie Kennedy experiment in right. the uh, 2000s, I feel. But I didn't watch that. He was the lead in the second Mask movie, but oh, yeah, again, but that I wasn't didn't see like that, yeah. that wasn't like a big didn't set thing. the world on fire, yeah. right? Yeah, this is probably so, the best thing I've seen him in, and he just crushes it. Like I think he does such a he good plays job. Plays that kid so yes, well. He well, has and I that love that him down. in this movie 
gave us the rules of horror movies, yes. which are right. never have sex, never drink or do drugs, right. and never say, I'll, I'll be, be right back. back. <laughs> that was incredibly smart for them to put something like that. That was it's, so it's, cool. It's a it's like a it's a self-aware yes. movie. Totally. Yeah. Uh and I don't know that prior to Scream, did we have anything like that? Oh, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I don't I, think it like maybe like there were probably commonalities, but then they were they were looking was at them. Put out. Yeah, they're like, right. well, these things all ha- these are the things that are in common. Let's just wrap them up well, and present them. It was a total homage yes. to to, oh, hor- yeah. to horror, but right. I think to like the horror that had come before it. I mean, they mentioned Halloween, Friday the 13th. Uh, this Nightmare, whole movie was an homage to all the horror movies right. that came before it. Right. Yeah. But but also I think what happened is that because horror had gone uh, had become so unpopular, you know, mm-hmm. the the, yeah. the typical slasher had become you know, just it just wasn't uh it wasn't that interesting anymore. People had seen it all and I think this movie is what you know, sort of kind of being self-aware as you said yeah. mm-hmm. and being an homage to old horror uh, classic horror, I think, is what kickstarted horror again. Because oh, yeah. we know that as yeah. the 90s would go on, uh, this just kind of rebooted the horror genre and I think got people more interested in yeah, it again. Definitely. I want to know where does this play in between the Halloween movies? Yeah. So, because how many Halloween movies were in the 90s? Yeah. So they would have had, uh, let's see, Halloween 5, I think, was the first one in. The 90s. No, Halloween 6 was the first one in the 90s, and that came out in 95, the okay. year before Scream. Yeah, okay. Um, and then was the next one H2O? next one was H2O, yeah. Okay. And that was like two years after this or yeah. a year after this. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and that, that was, I mean, though, I think yeah. the whole point to bring that back and to go that direction with that movie was to try to you know restart that franchise mm-hmm. uh, because of the renewed uh, interest in horror. Yeah. Now speaking of Halloween, yes. Um one of the big well there's so many tributes to other horror movies in this one and a great one mm-hmm. was at the very beginning when um Casey Drew Barrymore is being murdered. <laughs> Casey's dad turns to her mom and says, "Go to the McKenzie's house," which is a direct quote that Jamie Lee Curtis said in Halloween oh, yep. to the little kid she's babysitting. That's yep. funny. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, did we, at the beginning of this, did we mention that these were both Wes Craven movies? Oh, I don't think we did. Well, okay. I did talk about how when I... Oh, that's right. We could have renamed it. Oh, no, we didn't get to that one. It was either the Arquette off or the Craven off. Right. Yes, so, so we didn't. So, we didn't get to it. So, yeah, Wes Craven was the person that directed... All of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, right? No, or, well, he, no, didn't he was direct. a writer. He right. I think he wrote this one, but he only. I think he directed the first one, and then he directed New Nightmare. Oh, I don't yes, think he directed any right. of the ones in between. I, but, but I do think he wrote for this. That's film. so funny because not only did he direct New Nightmare, but doesn't he also appear in New Nightmare? Yeah, because yeah. it's and because she goes and talks to him. Yeah. And then she also, you guys, you got to get through the whole series so you can know well, what we're talking about. He also appears here. in this movie. Yeah. He as, he, as, oh. as Freddy. Yeah. As Fred. Um, <laughs> he comes in as the janitor who very much looks like 
Freddy Krueger. Like yes. ridiculously so, right? Yeah. Like it's like so it's obvious. Like I don't think any school would let anybody dress this way <laughs> and come in and like be their custodian or whatever. So the but, fa- the Fonz ridiculous. looks out and says, "Not you, Fred." <laughs> but speaking of clothes that look like other characters, do you want to sh- share your fun fact about the principal's jacket? Oh yeah, when uh, <laughs> when Henry Winkler, who plays the principal, um, amazingly. Uh, he opens his closet and there is a leather jacket in there and it is the jacket he wore. <laughs> Fonzie. Awesome. And then moments later, since he's not on screen that much, he does look in the mirror and he adjusts his hair in a very Fonzie-like fashion. <laughs> I will say, this principal is... Mm, I want Unhinged. <laughs> I want to say he's unhinged, but I'm like, it's because he cares about his students so much. Right. He I'm, just cares with so much anger. anger. <laughs> I was going to say, because I was, I was going to compare him to the principal in the breakfast club. Yes. Um, Only his is not love anger. <laughs> no. And because I was just like, he just, he, he cares so much about his students. He does hit the two though, but it's because they're being jerks. He's so. pretty aggressive. He is. With them. I love you with these scissors. <laughs> Let weird. me love you. A little weird when he touches Sydney's face. <laughs> that like, is. Mm, he's like, are you okay? It's like, oh. Uh. But if anybody in this movie was having the most fun, oh, man. I think it was Henry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was, was great in it. Though. He, he did yeah. a great job. And if you could see somebody, like in this movie, if you could see somebody a little bit more, his character actually probably would have yes. been someone I would have liked to have seen in a few more scenes. Well, but. and I can just imagine him during filming going all right tell me when i've gone too far <laughs> and wes craven going nope not yet that was fun yeah. uh what did we think be everything in dream warriors was all like uh in, instrumental nightmare on elm street tunes but in this we have actual songs what did you guys think of the soundtrack can we talk about the song that was in the bedroom when Billy sneaks into Sydney's room. We absolutely can. Um, Tell that me was... about it, stud. <laughs> Isn't that in Greece? <laughs> yeah, we're not it talking is, about Greece. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> it was a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper that was just oh, so cool. I'm find that. Yeah. Don't fear. Uh, yeah. Okay. It just sets uh, the tone uh, for okay, okay. these characters. And, well, and I and like how I got this you. is the first scene after the vicious, yes. vicious attack of Drew Barrymore just sets off yeah. the movie so well, as we've discussed. And then you go oh. into this. So this particular version is by Gus Black. Eerie, but not enough know. cowbell. <laughs> That's fellas. <laughs> gotta have that cowbell. Need some kalimba, maybe. <laughs> the cello, though. Oh. Sam, you and I should do this song at the 40th gala. Do it. <laughs> the scene is basically an homage to Nightmare, the original Nightmare film when uh, Johnny Depp 
uh, crawls into uh, Nancy's window. But I mean, the thing that sticks out to me about this is Skeet Ulrich, who mm. plays uh, what's his name in the movie? Gavin Rossdale. No, no. Billy. Billy. <laughs> Billy. Billy Loomis. Billy Loomis. Billy, Billy Loomis. Loomis. Well, and Loomis, of course, is the last name of the doctor, uh, Michael Myers' doctor in Halloween. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they obviously took that. But I mean, he looks a lot like like Johnny Depp did yeah. in the original Nightmare. Like to me, that's that's what I thought. I know you think he looks like Rossdale. Uh, yeah. He does. So the lead singer of Bush, just look it up. Right. They're the same person. So how do you think Glycerine. <laughs> Do we think Owen Wilson pulls off that look in Scream 2? Oh. <laughs> uh, he tried so hard. I love Got so far, but in the end it didn't work. Didn't quite work. But like there were a couple more nightmare references in this that we haven't talked about yet. Do it. First of all, Joseph Whip played the sheriff in this. Yeah. And he was also mm. one of the police officers in the original nightmare. Mm. Um, and then Casey's quote when she's talking to the killer on the phone. She says, the first nightmare is good, but the rest sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree, but that's it's funny. Uh, that f- going back yeah. to that scene i had a couple notes about it the first scene the the very first scene yeah. mm-hmm. um one of the things was more like uh an internal uh monologue where i said uh hang up and <laughs> hang up and call 911 <laughs> what the fuck just <laughs> because there's so many so much time and like i understand that they, they were supposed to be out in the country and all of that, but it just there was way too much time that went by where you could have at least tried to call nine one one. If she called nine one one, they would have showed up to find her body. Right. So <laughs> I so I'm suspending my disbelief. But later on, I did uh, I did notice that um, it's the chase scene where in uh, in the house that Ghostface is is going <laughs> after uh, Sydney. And I made a note that said, Sydney called 911 in the acceptable amount of time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Granted, you know, yes, she was in town. So I get it. But one of my uh, favorite parts from the beginning of the movie is how Ghostface, and I granted, we find out later that it's probably Stu uh-huh. at this point <laughs> for certain things. It's almost like Billy did like the action stuff mm-hmm. you know and like the actual killing of, of yeah. people like the friend like Rose McGowan and and others but then Stu was like had to have been the voice mm-hmm. because uh, one of my favorite things was when she answers the question and he says I'm sorry that's the wrong answer <laughs> <laughs> like what is this voice I <laughs> Just agree like way, with way too excited that it had yeah. to be Billy being the main killer Mm-hmm. I think yeah. maybe maybe Stu did like one it, it was like the needed, strong and silent type for yeah. that well, part serial killery. The yeah. dichotomy between those two it, it was fantastic. You had mm-hmm. Skeet who just looked psycho and you know uh, kind of creepy, but also you know maybe kind of attractive in a weird way, in the bad boy way, yeah, in a bush way. And then you had uh, Lillard, of course, who was just like liver alone. Just, I mean, he was so <laughs> funny and just animated. So they, they like the difference between those two was I, it, it was awesome. I read something about <clears throat> um, Matthew Lillard talking about the end scene mm-hmm. at yeah. the party where they're finally confessing and everything, and he said that. When they were doing it, he just felt like it was so over the top. Yeah. And if he had been 
directing that, he would have been like, no, no, tone it down. This is way too much. Yeah. But it worked for this. Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally. But well, that was like yeah. so his character. Like yes. he was over the top yes. for the full movie. Yeah. And I, but it wouldn't have worked for anything else other than Scream. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is not the kind of killer that most horror movies get away yeah. with. Right. And it didn't take me out of the movie or, right. or, or make me feel like I wasn't like scared. I was still invested in what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, even though I knew who the killers were and I, you know, I, right. I didn't know, but like, even though he was being goofy and mm-hmm. being like, I'm getting woozy. You well, know, I mean that whole thing. My mom and dad are right. Yes. So that's what I was saying. Right. You see was, that he's a, a he, the epitome of a high school boy. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, he's finally starting to realize I could get in trouble for I this. Right. This isn't great. It could still be it funny. Could be really deep, man. Yeah, it could still be funny, but it was still like, <laughs> what? What's phone. gonna happen? Like it was scary. <laughs> it was good. It's so good. Well, and so much of that, what he did was made up. Like him just responding. The my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me was ad libbed. He when he got hit in the face with the phone, that wasn't supposed to happen. It slipped out of Skeet's hand and hit him, and he just went with it. He just reacted. Allah <laughs> getting hit in the face, and you just start crying. Yeah, also, <laughs> when you're on stage uh, uh, and can't break. Also, how about the way he dies with a TV on his head? Yes. <laughs> and that's rough. The other movie that we talked about <laughs> also, has a character that dies that g- puts their head through a TV. That is, right? I do like that that's callback. Pretty cool. Um, a couple things. We have not talked about something important to a few of us. Oh. And a couple of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, at the party, they're choosing which movie to watch. And wow. one of the options that they discuss for a little bit is Terror Train. Terror Train. <laughs> <laughs> terror, terror, terror. Yeah, I mean, train, they, train, uh, they're train. talking about Jamie Lee's movies. And they mentioned Prom Night a bunch of times. They're watching Halloween the entire mm-hmm. time. And then mm-hmm. they bring up Terror Train, of course. Uh, yeah, they give uh, the Jamie Lee movies a lot of love. What was it that Jamie Kennedy's character was? He kept saying on the couch while Ghostface he was like, turn around, she's, Jamie. She's right. He's right <laughs> behind you, Jamie. Yes. Yes. Jamie. While Ghostface Yay. is right behind him. And that was actually, I believe, Matthew Lillard in the costume. The only time one of those two actors was in that costume was oh. that scene. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Did you guys notice in this movie uh, how many? There were a lot of close-ups in this movie. I don't know if you guys oh, noticed that at point. all. Like the way that they, the way that they were shooting it, but there was a lot of times when. It was just like their face was just filling up the entire screen. Yeah. Like that happened a lot. Uh, And I thought that was kind of interesting. Sometimes it was good. Like, you know, when it was on Skeet Ulrich's face, I felt like, you know, zoning in on his creepy eyes was good. It worked. (laughs) Mm. I think it worked better in this than it did in Les Mis. Am I right? Don't even. <laughs> but but I feel so much anger right now. <laughs> that makes me think of though, like how it would be to see that in the theater. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I remember going to see Harry Potter four in IMAX. Oh, and the scene where Harry and Hermione are talking to each other on the either side of the tent, and it's only their faces. Mm-hmm. And so then seeing that, like two or three, I can't remember how big an IMAX screen is. It was just a lot a of lot, her. It was yeah. a lot of. Emma and I love Emma, but like she like encompassed the circumference of the I'm it was just a lot, <laughs> a lot with the close up. So like when I watch it on my TV, it doesn't seem as much, but that's yeah. really I would love to see this movie 
in the theater because I think that would hit home a little bit more. Yeah. Just the vastness of the faces. Yeah. We should suggest that to a theater owner. I accept. <laughs> um, I'm going to make a, another bold statement here and say that this movie was prime Courtney Cox time. Yeah. And it was like her at her best. Well, and it was completely opposite of her character in Friends. Absolutely. So she got to do yeah. something different. That was cool. <laughs> she was really good in this movie. Uh, uh, yeah. And then I had a note here that said, according to me for the time um, when it came out, I said it might be the most '90s '90s movie because it didn't it didn't feel like it was over the top '90s, mm-hmm. but it reflected the time very well. Whereas Nightmare, you know, granted, if we're saying that, um, or if he did, in fact, if Wes Craven only directed the first one, that didn't feel over the top. But no. some of the other ones, they Nightmare on Elm Street. The how do I say this? It's in my head. How do I put it out there? The Batman movies, Nightmare on Elm Street to themselves as they went on. They just got more over the top. The, the same yeah. thing that the Nightmare on Elm Street movies did, where yeah. they added like they tried to add more color to them. Yeah. And and it just everything became way less believable than it was in the original movie. Yeah. Scream was very 90s from mm-hmm. the houses. Mm-hmm. From the way that this the the way everything looked to the soundtrack, the party, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. that was 90s. perfect. Super, yeah, super nineties. I was at that party many times in high school. <laughs> no, less murder, less murder, <laughs> not no murder, <laughs> just just, just, less. just less, just less, because she you know lived in the Pacific Northwest. That's true, I did. No. <laughs> Look, I know this may be controversial and maybe I'll get booted off this panel, but um, uh, I know that Sydney Prescott is one of the all time horror uh, final girls uh, horror movie characters. But is Neff Campbell a good actor? Neff Campbell was great at that role. Uh, Yeah, like she's good at being Sydney Prescott. <laughs> Wait, but there's not, but that's basically just saying that Sydney Prescott is the that Sydney's the same as Nev, so no. it would almost make her like a one trick pony. Well, I besides the craft, I don't know another movie that she's been in, so like I can't look at her like I don't know if she's a good actress because the well, only things I've seen her in is the craft and all of the scream movies. How different is Sydney? her portraying Sydney to what she was doing on party of five. I think it's incredibly similar. I think she was basically just the same. I never really watched party of five. So that's why I did. My sister did. And I, you know, kind of caught some of it when I would hang out with her a little bit, but I never watched the series all the way through. So I guess I can't speak to it fully, but just my impression is that I feel like Nev Campbell kind of has one speed and we saw Mm. it Yeah, in, in this movie and, and I and think, but, but again, else. it does work for the character. Yes, because you Sorry. can attribute it to like she will never fully develop emotionally now because she is so scarred first from the loss of her mother, and then in every movie she just loses more and more and more people that she is close to. Yeah. So and the killer is always connected connected to her to in her. some way. So I could see like maybe not having the most range or the right insert the right word there works for this particular character because of the backstory they've been given. Now I have a question. Yeah. Do you think Molly Ringwald 
would have been a better option. No, I think she's. Mm. I think because of the age thing. I think, and no, nothing against Molly. I think Molly's a good actor. Molly was twenty seven, and she was offered the role of Sydney before. It no, would be a so such a different movie. That's so interesting, but I just can't. I can't see her in that part. Like I get Nev for the age. I think I just maybe you know. Whereas Patricia Arquette was maybe like terrible, too much. Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel like I Nev's need. Not I enough. needed. Yeah, Nev. I just needed just a little more from her. And I, I like what you're you're saying. I, I agree with you. I think because of the emotional stuff she would have gone through with her mom and everything, you know, definitely like kind of stunted. But I feel like yeah. in this first movie. I don't know. I just felt like maybe I needed a little bit, a little bit more from her. That's just me personally. Yeah. No, I get it. But on the same side, I hate to say it. I like how, even though it's about her because of how that Sydney is played, it gives all the other actors so much runway. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that's true. You get to see all of these characters really fleshed out because well, Maybe because you don't have such an interesting, like, I hate to say that, like, Sydney, what is it about Sydney? She is, you know, emotionally damaged. And then we get to see everyone else yeah. be so lively yeah. around her. Yeah. Maybe, Everybody maybe else it works is out. a very specific character and they mm-hmm. have their traits and they have their, yeah. the way they respond to everything. Yeah. And they're all very specific and very thought out. And she's just kind of the, Straight man, I yeah. Guess. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She's a straight man, I, I so guess, everyone I else can really right. shine. Yeah, and like she knows that she's going to be in the movies because she's the final girl, so she yeah. doesn't need to. I mean, it's about her. It's about her. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's what Nev intended going into it, but seeing, you know, Matthew Lillard or as we've said, Courtney Cox, mm-hmm. just seeing all those characters just really be so different. It's really nice. Like it's nice to see almost secondary characters be able to develop more as characters compared to the main yeah. character. Mm-hmm. What about, how do we feel? Two questions. How, one, how do we feel about David Arquette in this movie? And two, do, because this is the movie that David Arquette and Courtney Cox met on and then ultimately uh, got married and had a, a, a lengthy marriage. Uh, do we, do you get legit? Do, do you? Yeah. Do you get legit chemistry between the two of them? Uh, in the movie between mm. their characters, or do you kind of see that between the two of them as actual human beings? I don't think so in the first movie. No, I think it develops more in the second one. Yeah, yeah. Um, the- I love him in this first movie. His character is so just dopey. Like yeah. he's trying. Yeah, yeah. But well, he's so easily seduced. <laughs> yes, but it's, for- yeah. But it's also it's not that I don't believe. I I don't know. I, I I guess I think that Courtney Cox is a great actress. So I think I I it's not that I didn't believe that they were into each other in the movie, but I wasn't feeling like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. Angelina vibes. For, right. You know what I mean? For me in the first one, it feels more like Gail Weathers trying a tactic to get yes. the dirt. Yeah. And then in subsequent fi- films you get a little bit more genuineness. Mm -hmm. Well, and they don't have the trauma bonding until the very end of the movie. Right. Right. That's true. So they can't even build on that. Well, and that's not even so much between Gail and Dewey, you know, that's more between Gail and because Dewey's unconscious, like, yeah, a little, but it's, it's not until the second one. I think that she leaves spoilers. 
it with Dewey when he's hurt <laughs> rather than yeah. because in the first one she stays behind and gives the report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the second one, she's about to do that, but then she goes off with him. I think yeah, that's right. I can't remember yep. if that's the second did, or the third one. Did you ask your second question? No, yeah, that was, that was it. That was it. It, it was okay. a, just a two part David Arquette question, I guess, really. So I have two questions <clears throat> to wrap it up. The first one is, let me ask you this. What are you doing with a cellular telephone? Son? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I couldn't with the cellular, cellular telephone, telephone every time. <laughs> I mean, I, they were new. They you were. Know, but there's also something with how one. the sheriff right. says it. Like he holds the like cellular. I don't know. Cellular. There's something funky with how he says mm. cellular telephone. Yeah. Uh, second question is, which one's the better movie? Hmm. Right. And we're just looking at movie, not franchise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be which one be on the is movie, the better that's movie. That's what we were watching. Yep. Scream. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sorry. I'm going to say Scream the, as well. Dream, Dream Warriors was great. I enjoyed watching it. I had a fun time experiencing my first Freddy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Scream, I could watch and then immediately <laughs> watch a, again. There yes. should have been a doll that could have been called My First Freddy. <laughs> my First Freddy. Oh my it was like, like my buddy, like what we had back in the 80s, but it'd be My First Freddy. Oh, if I hadn't already gotten you a Christmas present. And, and, <laughs> and you squeeze him and he says, Welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> so for me, I think with the exception of like two movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series is is really solid. It's really yeah. strong, and and there's a lot of great like. It's just it's it's a pretty fun movie series for 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 fun uh, horror franchise. Uh, I think it's the superior franchise. I think it's better than Scream for mm-hmm. me anyway, personally. But I think this movie is better than Dream Warriors. I, I think yeah. Scream is is a better movie. I, I think they're both classics, but Scream is really just kind of like a a, a genre changing film. So. Well, I'm going to go against all. Nope. I actually also picked uh, Scream <laughs> as, the, as the better movie. But yeah, again, I, I really enjoy m- much like I'm echoing everything you all have said that that I enjoy both. But Scream, not only do I think it's a better movie overall, but it holds a more special place in my heart because of the age that I was when yeah. it came out. Mm-hmm. And it was. You know, it, it, I just really loved that movie in 96 and in 97 when I got it on VHS and I've loved it ever since. When it came out, did you have to sneak out to watch it? <laughs> uh, sneak out of my house yeah. to watch it? No. Did you tell your parents you were going to see Scream? They didn't really care what I did. Oh. It was a different. I had to scenario. have a sleepover with a friend in order oh. to go see this movie. I never, That's I great. never had to lie about stuff like that. Oh. I don't have those fun stories. I was a bad child. Well, I you guys, like you will be happy to know, all but one of our listeners agree with us, and the one that doesn't <laughs> didn't even vote for one of these two movies. Mary, I love you. But Halloween was not one of the two movies we watched this week. Look, if that's on the board, then uh, this is a whole different not. conversation. But since Halloween it's not, and teen movie. Uh, oh, Mary, 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 Mary. Yeah. So yeah, well, that was another that was great. our fourth week we done, I believe. Uh, yeah. So so what what are What's we watching next? next week? Yeah. Well, next week we have a movie that I am. Very excited about, probably because it was my pick. Yeah. But mm-hmm. next week, we have 
Weird Science. Oh, it's one of Lance's, which right? I have I never like seen, that. which I believe was Lance's pick yeah. again. I like that versus a lot. Versus my pick of Detention. Mm. Uh, movie I've never seen. I, I know nothing about that movie. Not seen Thanks. it with my eyes open. Yes, and you were a little well. sleepy. I was very tired because we were watching it late at night. It. Um, so I'm this mo- That movie is hard enough to follow, and if you sleep <laughs> through a lot of it, it is Maybe very confusing. So I'm really excited, and that's one I'm going to insist uh, we all four get together for. So nice, it, you guys. We're like over. A third of the way there. For real? Yeah. This is is fun. This has been fun. And that is only if we decide to stop. Well, we'll think of different things. (laughs) That's true. Also, I I would just like to say, I don't think there's been a stinker in the bunch yet. I think all these movies that we've watched so far have been good. No, it's coming. Well, the night is We're going to watch Detention. Excuse you. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe I spoke too soon then. Well, so far, so good anyway. appreciate the whimsy of Detention. (laughs) Veronica, I don't know how you can even be an authority because you were again asleep. So, so when we, I had not seen the movie Get Over It, and uh, I was you, not you sure. were pleasantly surprised. I, I right? was, I yeah. was not sure what to think of that movie, but when we watched it, I thought it was really good. So, um, I'm going in with uh, you know, clean slate on this. It's going uh, in with high hopes. I will let you know. <laughs> Dane Cook is in this movie. Oh, I've never seen anything go wrong with that man. Mm. He plays. I can't wait to see how he stacks up to our other principals. And that's all oh, I'm going to say. Yeah. All right. Okay. So to tee you up for next time, folks, Dane Cook, you know what I've we should teed. do at the end of this whole thing? What? We should rank the principals. Oh, yeah, that's that true. That would be interesting. There's got to be a lot of them. Lots of, t- like, I think we've had at least one a week. Yeah. yeah. We could have, like, a no, little awards sense. show and, yeah. and come up with some fun awards. And, the best think- and then we'll call the actor. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll tweet and them. Let him know. If Twitter well. still exists at that speech. point. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, that's it. We're done. We did good. Thanks. Thanks all. And yeah. enjoy the next. I think it's a weird. Si- or it was like a. Weird it was some type of. I can't remember what I called Plastic it. It was something about like bad experiments or something like that. So get excited science. because I am excited. Uh, it's been a minute since I've watched that movie. So I'm stoked. I've never seen it. So I think oh, this week we will have at least one movie. New movie for everyone watching. Nice. Yay. Awesome. All right. Cool. And we out. We out. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.